Welcome to Food Freedom Radio, where we plan to nourish the seeds of change. I'm Laura Hedlund, a student of permaculture, a person who knows cheap food is not cheap, and a person who knows it's long past time that we end the ground war on nature. Ground War is the title of a new documentary movie, and there will be a free showing at the uh, Riverview Theater that's on 3800 and 42nd Avenue, right across from Mother Earth Garden in South Minneapolis. But a free showing this coming Monday, November 11th at 6.30, free movie and panel discussion and we have um quite the show today we um joining us will be the writer and the director of ground war also the executive director of beyond pesticides and in studio um helping me to host is uh russ henry he is the president of minnehaha landscaping a longtime activist for removing pesticides from minneapolis parks and founder of be safe welcome to food freedom radio again hi laura great to be here with you thank you very much for having me yeah i really appreciate it now you had some news you you broke some news this last week so tell us about What's going on? Yes, unfortunately, um, well, I didn't break the news. A whistleblower came forward, and um, they have detailed how the Minneapolis Park Board, uh, some employees there had been dumping pesticides into a body of water adjacent to Lake Harriet. The employee also took a picture of a six-legged frog they found in that pond. And so um, as the chair of the Minneapolis Parks Pesticide Advisory Committee, I was uh, called by local press and, and uh, was interviewed about this by the Star Tribune and, uh, and some TV. Six-legged frogs. Six-legged frogs. And I found out from a filmmaker named Jim Ojala who made a, a horror film called Strange Nature that actually uh, detailed... A incident that happened in Minnesota, a real-life incident that happened in Minnesota, where some school children found six-legged frogs, other malformed frogs, in a Minnesota pond. Um, and I was connected to the science advisor for his movie, who is the world's leading expert on six-legged frog and, and malformations in frogs. And he, Dr. Pieter Johnson in uh, Colorado, he let me know that uh, pesticides have a, uh, a a foundational link to this uh, malformation by by creating conditions in which parasites thrive, and the parasites give the frogs and malformations. And and really, um, you know, to give us some perspective on the national scene, and if we have any safety and health in this, uh, you know, in our pesticide ed, um, uh, regulatory agencies, we have with us on the phone Jay Feldman, National Director of uh, Beyond Pest Pesticides. Welcome, Jay. Welcome, Jay. Great to be here, Russ. Great to be here. Thank you very much, Jay. Um, so, are we safe out there in the world? Are, you know, is is the EPA and and the other uh, elect, uh, bodies, uh, government bodies, are they protecting us from pesticide uh, poisoning? Well, the short answer is no. Um, we have a federal law that has inherent to it a bias toward you know, the basic need for pesticides. So we, we start with the assumption that chemical, toxic chemicals are necessary in the context of food production as well as management of uh, landscapes, residential areas, public areas, parks, playing fields. And that assumption then drives an orientation that is really biased toward those uses, meaning, you know, you, you set some parameters for reviewing the toxic effects, but you, in essence, uh, conduct either a risk assessment, a calculation of acceptable levels of harm, or you do a risk-fit analysis, you attribute some benefit to the use of that toxic chemical, and then you go about um, what they call adopting mitigation measures. So you slap a label on that product, you say, use uh, at a certain rate of application with a certain type of applicator, um, you know, you, it, there are restrictions on as well on disposal. So the description you gave of dumping pesticides uh, certainly would not be uh, identified on the label as a proper disposal practice, you know. Sure. Um, so there, there are these sort of calculations that are done that really don't take into account real-world experiences. Mm -hmm. So if I'm a kid playing soccer every day after school and I get high exposures to a chemical, or even low-level ex exposures over time, my risk factors are very different than someone who's, say, not on the soccer team. Or if I'm an applicator, if I'm using this chemical as an employee of the park service or the school district, you know, my level of uh, harm is much, uh, potential harm is much higher than 
someone uh, who's in among the general public. Now, years ago, Congress did revisit these issues around what they call aggregate risk, where you're su- you were supposed to add up the risks of exposure, multiple exposures to chemical families. So you've read in the news about glyphosate, or you've read maybe mm-hmm. in the news about a chemical called chlorpyrifos. Mm-hmm. You know, these, these are chemicals that are part of a chemical family, and believe it or not, before 1996, EPA, even though it's a scientific agency, never looked at the multiple exposures to these chemicals that have, a sa- have the same mechanism of toxicity. Wow. And you that know, Jay, I'm going to just we... stop you right there because there's yeah. just, I, and even I, I go on your website and it, it can be so daunting to just take in all these details. Um, yeah. But your website is fantastic full of details and i really want to thank you for that work one of the um, sad details you mentioned is that um, scientists have determined that we have a three billion bird decline um, yes. and and so in general 57 percent of bird species are in decline and in this news story out there was this this pesticide spill was near the roberts bird sanctuary so yes. it's effects on humans but also the effects on birds and the entire ecosystem yes and this is another failure of EPA. You know, I, I've been talking mostly about the, the health effects to humans. EPA is also charged with looking at ecotoxic effects, ecosystems. And there as well, we do a very poor job, or the, or the agency does a very poor job, of evaluating the interactions in the environment. You know, Rachel Carson in Silent Spring wrote about complex biological communities. And she said we ought to be careful when we throw a toxic compound at the complex biological community. What does that mean? That means that birds depend on insects. So, you know, if you, if you dig into the scientific literature, which we've been tracking on this question, you'll see 70% decline in insect populations over the last several decades. And that decline, which is being dubbed the insect apocalypse, has a trophic effect, right? So there's a food web, right? And so birds are dependent on insects. Insects are dependent on microbial activity. Uh, a healthy soil, you know, and if we're talking about aquatic systems, it gets even more complex because we have an aquatic food web, and there are keystone species in that web, and if we kill that keystone species, we're going to kill off the organisms that depend on that for their food. So these are, these are an example, I think, only the tip of the iceberg of the deficiencies and we're asking the basic question, do we need these chemicals, really? Mm-hmm. That's when I got into organic and regenerative practices. And Russ, Russ is a great example of applying these principles of soil health as a means of avoiding, preventing the pest problems and avoiding the need for chemicals. So that's why we're, in, we're going to be working with Russ and others in Minneapolis with the school district and the park board to uh, put together these pilot sites or demonstration sites in which the employees, the staff, the landscapers learn about uh, this whole practice of organic land management where we're recognizing the value of microbial activity in the soil, soil biology, the biomass in the soil, all these words that add up to the natural cycling of nutrients. So we eliminate the synthetic pesticides, we eliminate the synthetic uh, fertilizers, and we avoid the harm associated uh, with these chemical exposures. Yeah, Jay, and uh, we at Minnehaha Falls Landscaping are very excited to be working with uh, with you and Be Safe Minneapolis and the Minneapolis Park Board Beyond Pesticides and the Minneapolis Public Schools on the pilot project that we're developing. And as a landscaper, I have, um, throughout my entire career, really had a strong distrust for the big chemical companies such that I, I would never expose my workers to chemicals that I couldn't, I just won't expose them to any of those chemicals because I can't vouch for the safety of of those chemicals so none of them we don't use any and i'm just wondering jay you know in paying attention to the monsanto trials that have been going on have you have you has anything come to light that that has that could really help the public understand the kind of connection between the between academia and regulatory bodies and the big companies yes uh in fact there's a book uh, whitewash that uh, author carrie gillum uh, wrote about 
Monsanto and the deception. You know, they're only one chemical company. They were recently bought out by Bayer. Um, but the deception that goes on around the testing process and the payments that, that uh, change hands between chemical companies and research academics mm. or academicians who are conducting research, and in some cases, as Carrie writes about in her book and in subsequent articles, there's um, ghostwriting going on yes. where academics literally allow their name to be used. The materials are all written by the chemical company scientists, and that passes for independent science. Uh, you know, that's a real, that's fraud and deception, um, and there's a lot of that going on, but you know, at the bottom line is that the chemical companies are conducting the studies that are required by EPA, and there's been a history of abuse uh, in which studies have shown themselves to be fraudulent uh, studies. They were not fully in compliance with the protocols that are required to do these testings, and yet the pesticides stay on the market. Quick, the bigger quick. problem, though, mm -hmm. is that we don't have the full range of testing requirements that need to mm -hmm. occur. The, we're not looking at interactions between chemicals. Right. It's a very complex issue, and I'll leave you with this one thought. You know, sometimes what we don't know is as important as what we do know, and the uncertainty that just is so pervasive when it comes to chemical exposures and mixtures and different body weights and different backgrounds and different food consumption patterns, where you live. You know, all these factors are critical ultimately to a potential adverse effect. And so we don't know as much as we should. And that's why we want to avoid, we want to take a precautionary approach as they are doing in the European Union. And we think, and, and, we and we're going to need to take food. a break. We're going to need to take a break, and we'll be back. Um, we're talking with the executive director of Beyond Pesticides, and uh, there's a free movie of the showing uh, this Monday called Ground War. That's showing at Riverview Theater on Monday, November 11th at 6:30. Total Dog Company is proud to be a one-of-a-kind, locally-owned and owner-operated small business. That's why Small Business Saturday is our favorite day of the year. Come celebrate with us on Small Business Saturday, November 30th, from 9 until 6. We'll have giveaways, specials, and our popular double Barker card punches. Find Total Dog in New Hope off of 169 at 9432 36th Avenue North and at TotalDogCompany.com. If you're struggling with what to give someone for a holiday, birthday, welcome gift, or to say thank you, try an affordable, easy, and unique gift, a You Betcha box. What are they? Curated Minnesota gift boxes that include delicious Minnesota-made gourmet goodies. And with a name like You Betcha, you know it's local. You Betcha boxes are a real-world example of what we can achieve when we support and nurture one another. Featuring a variety of fun Minnesota-themed options, there is sure to be something for everyone. Every box also includes the Artisan Maker Profiles, your gift gift recipient will enjoy reading about these amazing award-winning products and the interesting stories of the Minnesotans behind them. You Betcha boxes are perfect for family and friends across the country and make great business gifts that will show your employees, co-workers, and clients your appreciation. Just go to YouBetchaBox.com and browse through the wide variety of local Minnesota-made gift boxes. Shipping is always included in the price. There is sure to be something that will leave a lasting impression. That's YouBetchaBox.com. Do yourself a favor and check out the amazing cuisine of EatLocalMinnesota.com. More than just a website, EatLocalMinnesota.com provides you with the best local and independently owned restaurants in the Twin Cities. The award-winning Hazel's Northeast combines the feel of a small-town diner with the vibrant nature of its Northeast Minneapolis neighborhood. Whether it's breakfast, lunch, weekend brunch, or dinner, their classically inspired and creatively prepared American comfort food is always made from scratch. Hazel's Northeast at 29th and Johnson in Northeast Minneapolis. EatLocalMinnesota.com the dedicated staff at Nightingale Restaurant take pride in presenting a thoughtful and delicious approach to food and drink, whether you're visiting for dinner, happy hour, or brunch. Their focus on made-from-scratch meals using sustainable and local ingredients is likely to make Nightingale your go-to spot for inspired food and drinks. Nightingale, Lindell and 26th in Minneapolis. 
Legal issues, never fun, and they're certainly stressful. While it's tempting just to Google your legal situation, there is a better way. The Hennepin County Bar Association. Their referral counselors can answer many of your questions, like do you even need an attorney? And if you do, what type? They can connect you to a network of over 200 thoroughly vetted, qualified attorneys practicing in over 50 areas of law. Call 612-752-6666 or search for Hennepin County Bar Association. The right call for the right lawyer. So welcome back to Food Freedom Radio. I'm Laura Hedlund. Joining us by phone is Jay Feldman. He's the direct executive director of Beyond Pesticides. And um, Andrew Nisker, he's the writer and director of the movie Ground War. It's a documentary that explores, explores pesticide use and consequences. And with us um, in studio is Russ Henry. He's the owner of Minnehaha Landscaping and founder of Be Safe Minnesota, or Minneapolis. 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 Great to be here with nice you, Nice to be here. Thank okay, and there's a free movie showing. There is a free movie showing at uh, the Riverview Theater. November 11th at 6.30 p.m. And it's Ground War. It's an excellent documentary um, that details the connection between pesticides and uh, their link to cancer. And it's coming from a very personal perspective. Um, I would also just plug it out there that uh, at the Riverview Theater, they put real butter on the popcorn. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great time. It is. Now, before we went to break, Jay Feldman, executive director of Beyond Pesticides, was kind of finishing up a point about the safety of uh, our, our, how our regulatory bodies operate in, uh, in relation to pesticides. Jay, would you like to kind of finish up what you were, or you know, let us know what you're saying there? Yeah, you know, it's really important to understand that there are multiple exposures that come from different directions. Um, ground war is about a, a non-dietary exposure. You know, this is not food-related, uh, related to, uh, you know, landscape use uh, of pesticides and the exposures associated with that. But, of course, we all eat food, and food that is grown in a chemical-intensive system, often referred to as chemical, uh, conventional agriculture, uh, results in residues on food commodities. So we're ingesting these residues on a daily basis. When you start mixing these chemicals together, you get a lot of potential synergistic effects and effects that, quite frankly, are not fully studied. Mm-hmm. And that, that's the important point to recognize that, you know, there are different uh, sensitivities, different exposures, different backgrounds. We live in different areas, mm-hmm. and we don't have the uh, regulatory apparatus in place to fully evaluate the complexities of those exposures and the interactions of those chemicals. Right. I always so think of that's critical. I always think of folks in our park system who might have autoimmune disorders or who might be recovering from cancer and uh, you know or pregnant yeah. women or people who might have certain vulnerabilities that we just you know what 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 is a safe level of exposure of a pesticide for those folks and you know obviously it's none. It's it, there's no safe level yeah. of, of exposure. And you know and just to kind of wrap up this conversation are we getting safer under the current president uh you know is, is trump making you know, us things are safer? really moving in the wrong direction i mean we actually had some proposals that were reversed uh one of the insecticides widely used in agriculture and shows up as residues in our food uh, a chemical called chlorpyrifos um was uh proposed for cancellation because of brain effects in in children and that decision was reversed uh, we've all read about roundup glyphosate is the active ingredient, and, you know, the agency is simply not acting on the data that international agencies and countries around the world have, have used to ban the chemical. So, you know, the movie talks about a chemical called 2,4-D, which was half of Agent Orange, or it's still on the market widely, a phenoxy herbicide, uh, not, not regulated and no movement uh, to curtail its uses. So together, all these things, the the stripping of agency authority to act on um, materials, toxic substances, the reversal of previous administration's decisions, the lack of enforcement, uh, the lack of oversight by advisory boards. Uh, we basically don't have a structure in place right mm. now, which, which makes really what, what you're doing... Yeah, which makes what you're doing in Minneapolis all the more important because at the end of the day, we can protect our families uh, at our local parks through our school districts. 
and, uh, and in the city. And in, I was Jay Feldman. I have so many questions I'd like to ask you, and I know we're limited on time. You've been the director since 1981. You were also on the National Organic Standards Boards um, up until uh, 2015. Um, I really want to encourage people, because we don't have enough time to learn about you, to go to your website. Right now you have an action to tell the U.S. House Select Committee on Climate Change to promote organic agriculture. So how do we connect all these dots? And just give us a little pitch for beyond... Um, how people connect with you beyond pesticides well yeah i mean there are a lot of ways to intersect with the organization we do an action of the week every week it's easy for you to get engaged on this issue and how it intersects with um, human health issues wildlife protection worker protection uh, protection of the ecosystem and intersects with uh, major issues of the day the climate crisis we talked about the insect apocalypse you know pesticide induced diseases as well as the dramatic decline in biodiversity. So at beyondpesticides.org, that's, you know, that's where you can make that, this connection. And call us if you want at 202-543-5450. Uh, we have a great staff that you know, works with communities all over the country. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you very much, Jay. It's uh, so oh, wonderful welcome. to have all this information. And, and you're going to be in town for the, um, after the, the showing of the movie, um, there will be a panel discussion, and, and you'll be there. Yes. Oh, that's that's fantastic. I hope fantastic. to see every all your listeners there. Oh, excellent, excellent, and, I, and I'm looking <laughs> forward to that. And uh, speaking of that movie, we are. Uh, I, I am very pleased to say that we're joined by the filmmaker Andrew Nisker, who uh, who made the documentary Ground War, and he will uh, be here on Monday the 11th uh, when we do the film screening at the River Theater in Minneapolis. Andrew, thank you very much for joining us. Hi. Thanks for having me, Russ and Laura. It's appreciate you giving us some time. Love it. So tell us your personal story. Um, well, I've been an environmental filmmaker for uh, over a decade. Um, documentary is something I was drawn to because I feel it really has an impact on people. And, and um, one of my first films was about uh, I had a family keep their trash for three months. Um, to illustrate how much we consume and how that impacts the environment. And uh, it was sort of an environmental comedy in a way and a tragedy when you watch it because you see it makes people sort of realize how much they consume and how that impacts the environment. And um, sub subsequently, uh, that film went on to play on Netflix and uh, it got a lot of international attention. We had millions of people that had watched it and played in film festivals. Um, and I've made about five other films since then, feature-length films. Um, and uh, one of the statistics in that film, uh, which we looked at pollution and which air pollution was one of the things. It wasn't only just about garbage. And there was a stat that really stood out for me that your indoor air quality is 10 to, you know, 90% worse than the air outside simply by the products that we use in our homes which uh, was very fascinating to me. So I started to delve into the world of chemicals and what are we using in our home and how do those chemicals impact our air quality and what's in those products. So the second film, uh, I had a family get rid of all their toxic cleaners and replace them with green cleaners. And from that point on, I kind of became more and more engrossed in the story of chemicals. And um, I guess the melding of my life and, uh, and the stories I was telling uh, happened uh, when my father was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, and that uh, brought me to making my film Ground War. And, uh, and this is the the Monsanto case was against non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, and so you link your father's death um, to this, and that's what the movie's about. We're going to need to take a break, but I'm going to again mention that the the movie Ground War, um, it's a documentary told from this personal perspective. There, the film is going to be having its Minneapolis debut, debut on Monday, November 11th at the Riverview Theater in Minneapolis. Um, and the film will be at 7 behind 7 p.m. with a before party featuring organic beer from Bing Brewery and uh, starting in the theater at 6.30. So, and after the, after the film, um, there'll be a a live question and answer period. So um, Monday, that's where you could be, Riverview Theater. You're listening to Food Freedom Radio on AM 950. The Audubon Center of the Northwoods on Grindstone Lake west of Sandstone offers a great variety of environmental learning experiences for people of all ages running year-round. But did you know you can book your own event here at the center? 
Check out our lakeside dining hall and the variety of lodging and meeting accommodations available. Visit us on the web at audubon-centre.org or call 320-245-ACNW. The Audubon Centre of the North Woods. If you're struggling with what to give someone for a holiday, birthday, welcome gift, or to say thank you, try an affordable, easy, and unique gift. A You Betcha Box. What are they? Curated Minnesota gift boxes that include delicious Minnesota-made gourmet goodies. And with a name like You Betcha, you know it's local. You Betcha Boxes are a real-world example of what we can achieve when we support and nurture one another. Featuring a variety of fun Minnesota-themed options, there is sure to be something for everyone. Every box also includes the Artisan Maker Profiles, your gift gift recipient will enjoy reading about these amazing award-winning products and the interesting stories of the Minnesotans behind them. You Betcha boxes are perfect for family and friends across the country and make great business gifts that will show your employees, co-workers, and clients your appreciation. Just go to YouBetchaBox.com and browse through the wide variety of local Minnesota-made gift boxes. Shipping is always included in the price. There is sure to be something that will leave a lasting impression. That's YouBetchaBox.com. Join Natural Awakenings Twin City Magazine as they host the Your Shining Life Expo from 9.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. on Saturday, November 9th at the Double Tree by Hilton in Roseville. This day-long expo includes informational workshops offered by experts sharing wealth of knowledge and exhibitors offering products and services for living a healthier and happier life. Enjoy free and low-cost mini-treatments and group groove dances led by Aero Fitness. The pages of Natural Awakenings will come to life with a truly diverse subject matter and something for everyone. Drawings will be held every 15 minutes beginning at 11 a.m. for thousands of dollars worth of prizes, including books, nutritional products, gift certificates, and more. Be one of the first 100 people through the door and receive a special tote bag. Join us for this free event at 2540 North Cleveland Avenue in Roseville. Find the tools and resources to create the life you want. Visit YourShiningLifeExpo.com for more details. That's YourShiningLifeExpo.com, November 9th. Tom Hartman here letting you know how you can save money with All Energy Solar. One of the myths about solar is that it's too expensive and you need lots of money down. The truth? Solar is available for little or no money down. And if you have a great site for solar, you might even save money right away on a monthly basis. So don't wait to switch. You'll see your investment pay off the sooner you switch to All Energy Solar. So start saving today and visit allenergysolar.com. With your AM 950 weather, I'm Brett Johnson. Look for mostly cloudy skies today with a high near 41. Tonight, cloudy with a low around 25. Sunday, partly cloudy with a high around 29. And Monday, partly sunny with a high near 19. Don't miss the Home Improvement and Design Expo this Saturday only at the Mounds View Community Center. Featuring up to 150 home improvement companies, giveaways, and more. It's the Home Improvement and Design Expo this Saturday at the Mounds View Community Center. See it all at expoguys.com. That's expoguys.com. This is Food Freedom Radio. I'm Laura Hedlund. And And I'm Russ Henry. And we're here today talking about Ground War. Ground War. Ground War, a documentary that's told from a very personal perspective about pesticides and their link to cancer. And we are very lucky to be joined by filmmaker Andrew Nisker. Andrew, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yes, and uh, as, as you were saying before the uh, before the break, um, your father uh, contracted non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, and you believe that was linked to his exposure to pesticides. Is that correct? Yeah, well, that's kind of uh, how I started uh, with the idea of, of making this film to try and investigate if I could actually make a link. Mm. Um, and initially, uh, I had pitched the idea to a nature program called the Nature of Things, which is a famous Canadian science program that's been running for 40 years on the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, hosted by uh, David Suzuki. And, um, you know, they were very interested in telling the story of trying to make the connection between uh, pesticides and, uh, and, and, and human illness. Um, and they, they thought the story was a very interesting uh, approach to it. Um, really, you know, through our investigation, it, it, as, it, as we all know, it's, it's very hard to make a definitive link. 
it's just really, you know, what it comes down to from what we've discovered is, like, what risk are you willing to take uh, in using these chemicals, and, and are, is it really worth the risk to, to, to be using these chemicals? Are they necessary? And so going through that exercise in the film and learning more about the science behind uh, making those connections and why we have such progressive legislation here in Canada where uh, over 80% of our uh, parks and playgrounds and and, and uh, playing fields are, are restricted for use of a whole host of, of, uh, of uh, cosmetic pesticides. Uh, what, what led, you know, science, what led legislators to, to, do, to do such sweeping restrictions? Where in the United States, um, you know, you're on the polar opposite of that spectrum. Yeah, I didn't know that. I want to repeat that fact. So 80% in Canada, um, 80% of the land is restricted. It's not allowed to put pesticides for, on it? For parks? For parks, playgrounds, um, playing fields, uh, daycare centers. Mm. Wow. Yes. That's fantastic. Yeah. They must be listening to the science. <laughs> but, but, yeah, we are. And the percentage might, might even be higher. It's been over a decade, you know. And what I met, you know, the film quickly turns from looking into trying to make those connections because really the film came from uh, me looking at my father and my father's lifestyle without giving away the whole film, but my dad was an extremely healthy guy. He was a ski instructor at the age of 80, for example, um, and he uh, really uh, took care of his health. He looked at what he ate, he took supplements, but he never once thought about where he spent his time playing golf. Uh, as you know, golf courses are heavy users of pesticides, and not my dad didn't just love golf, he lived for golf. He golfed probably three quarters of the year and uh he spent a ton of time on the golf course and uh and he thought that you know in his mind it's green space it's outdoors it's fresh air he's walking he always carried his bag he looked down and he knows that people who used carts um you know he's that type of guy yeah. so um you know <laughs> he just never made the connection about how that place just looks so pristine and green like what were they doing and was that uh, uh was that risking his health yeah, here. And so that's what we, you know, we, we talk about that in the film. It's, it's, an, it's an awakening for people when they see it. It sure is. Here in Minneapolis, we have six golf courses, and um, we uh, they are in, in the city. They are the largest user of pesticides. Mm -hmm. um, I can say that uh, I have the numbers. I've been given them through a Freedom of Information request, and um, we use fungicides. We use 2,4-D. We, use, uh, we, until recently, used a lot of Roundup uh, in the sand traps and around the parking lots of the golf courses. Um, what, what type of... And these are community-owned. These are the golf courses. The citizens, run, the taxpayers run. own. Yep, these are public-run, uh, part of the park system in Minneapolis. And uh, so, so, Andrew, I'm wondering... Did, did you see a whole host of different chemicals being used on the uh, golf courses that you investigated as well? Well, I think you hit the list, the main list that concerned me. And uh, really the amazing thing about those laws that, are, that were enacted over 10 years ago here in Canada um, in, in a lot of municipalities, it, it forced people who used pesticides to kind of come out of the shadows and, and disclose what they were using. So you could get a pesticide use report uh, for your local golf course. Mm -hmm. And um, and that's how I kind of, when it, it, you'll see in the movie, I, I, I get that for my dad's golf course, and that's what triggers me to into action, really. I was just shocked uh, at what they were using. But the fact is, of course, they're using it. And really what I learned, too, uh, is that, you know, most golfers uh, are unaware of their use, and uh, really, and golf, by the way, golf courses are exempt in, in Canada. They, they use all those chemicals, so a lot of them do. Uh, and, uh, and a lot of golfers are willing to take that risk. So, but, you know, the golf courses, you know, take up an immense amount of area, and it's not just their own health, but it's the health of the people that work on the golf courses, and it's also the health of the environment around the golf courses that suffer so even though uh, many of the uh, parks in in Canada, you're saying are are run without pesticides, golf courses were exempted from that. And do you have any idea why that happened? Yeah, the golf industry really uh, claimed that um, they couldn't deliver the quality of play that players would expect, and it would immensely damage uh, their business. Mm, I know here. So, in, mm -hmm. 
but really, you know, the truth is, okay, the truth is uh, that uh, golf courses, um, you know, golf courses come in all shapes and sizes and qualities. And uh, the fact is that in Ontario, for example, the public golf courses, the city-run golf courses, use very little pesticide compared to private golf courses, which use a lot of pesticides. Oh, I see. So it's really, uh, it was really a varying degree. And I remember growing up, you know, if I'd say to my father or his friends of the country club, I went to play at a public golf course, they'd kind of look at me like, uh, well, you know, that's kind of like, not because it's, it's just kind of like the quality isn't there. It's like, oh, those are kind of, those are, those are nasty, uh, those aren't good places to play. When in fact, that's just, you know, to me, it's about the sport. It's not about the surface that it's played on. It's, it's, it's really an aesthetic that people have been sort of convinced that that's what they need to have in order to enjoy the game, which is totally false. Yeah, I'm, I'm a person of Scottish ancestry, and I've been told oh. that uh, the original golf courses were on um, uh, in pastures. Yes, well, we, we, we go to Scotland, we go to St. Andrews, we, in the film, and we, excuse me, I'm getting over cold, and we uh, tour, uh, and we tour with the groundskeeper of St. Andrews, who's completely open to speak to us about what he uses on the golf course, and um, and why they use it, and what type of turf that they have. That's great. I want to ask um, you, I want to ask you about the name of the movie. Why did you name it Ground War? Well, the fact is that I never expected to find a war going on in in the U.S. Uh, and around the world between community organizations and uh, and regulators and and against getting these things out of their communities. I mean, there's literally a, a war going on with people fighting for the right to live without these things being sprayed where their children play. And I feature a few people in our film and a few communities in our film where the war is being waged. And that's how I met Jay Feldman. And Tacoma Park is one story we tell in the movie. And to me, it's like, it's unbelievable that that, that situation that people are faced with. Yeah, we are in Minneapolis faced with a very similar situation. You know, I'm the chair of the Minneapolis Parks Pesticide Advisory Committee, which was only started after I ran for park board on a, um, on a for our independent park board here on a pesticide-free parks platform. And I didn't win, but I was able to get pledges from most of the winning candidates um, to help eliminate pesticides in the parks. And you know, even even through all of that work, we set up the committee. Uh, the golf industry in Minnesota. Uh, shoved their way into the committee and um, we have as a committee member on there the president of the Minnesota Golf Superintendents Association um, who advocates for the ongoing use of glyphosate. He doesn't even live in Minneapolis. Um, and, you know, so it's, you know, they, there was also other industry reps sent uh to, to um, do battle with us. We found out that uh, Monsanto has a lobbying organization um, that is actually owned and run by another lobbying organization. So there's these layers of protection um, to, so you can't really tell who's running it. But uh, it's a Minnesota Parks lobbying organization and they go to the state all the time and the cities and they talk about how we need to continue using pesticides in parks. Um, so yes, I'm so glad you bring that up because wow, I really relate. We are fighting a ground war here in Minneapolis, too. And when I heard the title Ground War, I actually was thinking about it's how humans interact with nature. Um, we want to control it rather than allow it to be who it is. And we do that with each other, and, and that's just... We want to end. Uh, how do we have a peaceful relationship with the soil? Yeah, it's this extinction culture. Right. Yeah. Right. And that, that's really... we. That's why we love the title, because you're exactly right, Laura. Like, it has multiple meanings for us, and that's another meaning too. It's really, uh, it, it, it's, it's, it, it's really the, the rise and use of these things as outlined in the film. You see, is sort of us being convinced that we need to control nature, you know, in a way where we're just, you know, um, creating a monoculture in our backyards and uh, or uh, in our parks or wherever we're using these chemicals, or else they're just not, they're just not pretty. Yeah. You know, they're full of ugly things, which is not true at all. We, we love dandelions. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. And, you know, in Minneapolis, in order to 
quote, protect one of our golf courses, which continually floods, uh, the park board has routinely drowned beavers in traps in order to keep them from cutting down trees on the golf course. And and then, of course, they uh, get FEMA money every five or six years as the golf course continually floods because the creek runs past it. And um, so we're using federal emergency management money in the millions of dollars to restore this public golf course, uh, you know, every a couple times every decade. Yeah, it's, it's just bonkers. You know what? I'm not, the thing is, too, like, I'm not, this isn't an anti-golf film, because right. golf is a sport, sure. theoretically. I love it. I like playing golf. Right. It's green space. It's good to go out there. It's fun to play. It should be accessible to people if they want it to be. Um, and uh, so, and I grew up playing it, and I don't have any time anymore with three children, but it's a sport I love. So, but it's the way that the lands are treated is just outrageous, uh, and, and it's really, I think people have to change their expectations and, and come around. Yeah, and, and learn how to tell the narrative, which is what you're doing with your movie. And again, there's going to be the showing um, this Monday, the showing in the movie of Ground War at uh, Riverview Theater, which is right across from Mother Earth Gardens. Real butter on the popcorn there at the Riverview Real Theater. And maybe even some <laughs> organic beer to start it off. Organic and a, beer. And panel discussion. Yes, afterwards. So be safe, Minneapolis. I'm John Peterson of Ferndale Market, and I'm the third generation to grow turkeys on our family farm in Cannon Falls. We've grown them the same way since 1939, free range and without antibiotics. We're proud of the way our turkey tastes naturally, so we never add fillers or basting solutions. Just 100% pure turkey. And we're proud to remain an independent family farm. Looking for an extra special addition to this year's Thanksgiving feast? Our fresh, never-frozen turkeys remove the hassle of thawing and can be picked up just days before your celebration. Available at natural food stores across the region. Reserve your fresh, free-range Thanksgiving turkey for pickup at our store right on our farm in scenic Cannon Falls or at one of our retail partners. For more information on finding our Ferndale Market Thanksgiving turkey near you, visit us at ferndalemarket.com. That's ferndalemarket.com. Thank you for your support of local foods and farmers. We'll hope to see you at Ferndale Market soon. FerndaleMarket.com. This is Ellie Krug from Ellie 2.0 Radio on Mondays from 7 to 8 a.m. Many listeners know that I founded Human Inspiration Works, LLC, which trains on human inclusivity and on how to be welcoming, diverse humans. Today, organizations of all sizes find that they need to train team members on diversity and inclusion. I can do that. Many say that my trainings change the way they see the world. I'd love to help make your organization more welcoming. For more information, go to humaninspirationworks.com. Thank you. When you need legal assistance, let the Hennepin County Bar Association help you find the right attorney. They have professional, experienced referral counselors who can connect you to vetted attorneys practicing in a wide variety of areas, including DUI, real estate, immigration, wills, injuries and accidents, and much more. Take the stress out of finding a lawyer. Call 612-752-6666 or search for Hennepin County Bar Association. The right call for the right lawyer. The Audubon Centre of the Northwoods on Grindstone Lake west of Sandstone offers a great variety of environmental learning experiences for people of all ages running year-round. But did you know you can book your own event here at the centre? Check out our lakeside dining hall and the variety of lodging and meeting accommodations available. Visit us on the web at audubon-centre.org or call 320-245-ACNW. The Audubon Centre of the Northwoods. Don't wait. Get Black Friday Applying Savings now from Warner Stallion. Our specialists will help you choose from all the top-rated brands. Right now, save on a heavy-duty laundry pair from GE. Buy at the guaranteed Black Friday price of $4.99 each. Then relax. Warner Stallion customers enjoy trusted, fast-free delivery, basic installation, Holloway, and 18 months interest-free financing. Black Friday appliance savings before Thanksgiving. From the specialist, Minnesota's own Warner Stallion. So welcome back to Food Freedom Radio in studio with Russ Henry, and we're talking about the movie Ground War. You can get information at groundwar.org. And we'll be saying goodbye to you shortly, Andrew, but um, you want to tell us a little bit more about what you're doing with this movie? Um, yes, we're doing a national tour of the movie. Uh, we're working in partnerships with uh, NGOs like Beyond Pesticides, uh, Friends of Animals, um, 
if you're if you're listening and you want to bring the film to your community, please come visit us at groundwar.org. We're just starting to gain traction. We really want to have uh, community screenings. We want to get people together to talk and figure out how to create a strategy. Uh, and on our website, we also have an incredible interactive map that people can go on to and see what pesticides are using being used in their communities. And if there's nothing there, they can contribute that information. We're trying to build a database to make the use of them, uh, cosmetic pesticides, as transparent as possible for people. That's fantastic, and I'll be sending you some information to put up on the website there about our parks and their pesticide use. Great. Well, I thank you so much um, for spending time with us, and um, have an awesome day. Okay, thanks a lot. See you on Monday. Thank you, Andrew. See you then. So we've got uh, all of these pesticides being used in our public spaces, Laura, um, and and uh, parks, uh Golf courses, ball fields, and um, I want to explore for a minute food systems, food systems, <laughs> and, and you know, Chlorophyphus, brain damage, right? And as as a landscaper, uh, an organic landscaper, I really feel like it's important that folks understand that there are, are alternatives, and that we do have excellent ways of growing grass, growing turf grass out there, um, even on golf courses and ball fields without using any pesticides. And as such, you know, the Minneapolis parks and Minneapolis schools, um, through uh, a bunch of work uh, through, from community members and volunteers have decided to initiate a pilot project uh, on on a golf course, on one golf course, on one fairway of their one of their six golf courses, and um, on one ball field, uh, and then uh, that's through the parks, and one ball field also through the schools. And so, um, as a part of that pilot project, we're actually going to be bringing in Chip Osborne, who is one of the world's leading organic turf transition experts. Um, him and Jay Feldman, who who was on the program with us earlier, uh, are, are a part of uh, Beyond Pesticides. And they are working with, in conjunction with Stonyfield Organics, uh, the company that makes the yogurt, to go around the country and give grants um, that, that include uh, money and technical expertise for transitioning to organic in uh, ball fields. You know, that is exciting. And, and I do believe in small things. And yet, you know, the time we're using 1 billion pounds of pesticide. And again, I encourage um, listeners to Food Freedom Radio to go on the Beyond uh, Pesticides Pest. website and just look at all of the facts. Yep. 3 billion bird decline, an insecticide Armageddon. There's uh, um, uh, children with, with brain damage, mm -hmm. uh, six-legged frogs. Mm -hmm. I mean... The evidence is all there yeah. for, and, and, and it is a ground war on nature. And, and to get, you know, one little fairway, we're going to test it over here. I mean, well, that shouldn't be so hard, but, but I, I appreciate the work. And, and hopefully with that one little fairway, they're like, yeah, maybe we don't need any chemicals. Because you can still have thick grass without yeah. any chemicals, right? Yeah. Absolutely, you sure can. And what we're talking about, instead of using chemicals, we're talking about building soil health. And it's really exciting because not only do we help grow really thick, luscious grass that's great for playing ball on, but with healthy soil, we also protect the pollinators. We keep the water clean and safe. We keep the kids safe while they're playing on it. It's just a huge win for everybody. So some of the things that we're going to think about when we're growing soil health are, are we aerating the soil? Are we overseeding? The soil, so aerating and overseeding, and on a on a turf space that's used multiple times a day, like some of these schools, you know, we need to aerate and overseed once a month, twice a month, sometimes. That can be a really great strategy for reducing weeds because weeds come when the soil gets compacted. So we need to mechanically decompact the soil using an aerator. Now that's kind of the mechanical end of decompacting, but then there's the biological end and that's where our friends, the fungi and bacteria come in and they do us a great favor by dissolving sand, silt and clay and creating air holes throughout the whole profile of the soil. So in order to encourage them, we use things like liquid compost extract and organic soy-based fertilizer that can feed the microbes. And once we feed the microbes, the microbes feed the plants. 
And then we can stop using those synthetic fertilizers. Because when we use synthetic fertilizers, we strip away all of the microbes underground. In stripping away all those microbes, we're not only taking away the ability for the plant to get nutrients, we're also taking away the ability for the plant to be protected from pathogens. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh, which then opens the plant up to diseases, which means then we got to come in and spray with pesticides. So fertilizers, when we use them, that leads to our use of pesticides. So instead, we come in and we work on soil health, we grow soil health through mechanical and biological means. And that is the basic kind of underlying principles behind transitioning away from the use of pesticides in uh, in turf spaces. So it might be more expensive at first, but over the long term, start saving um, money once you build the soil quality. We're actually able to stay within the budget at first and then start saving money. So, really? So we're able to stay within the budget at first uh, without spending any extra money. Wow, now that kind of surprises me because I was thinking it was going to cost extra. Well, the problem with pesticides and fertilizers is that the more pesticides you use, they kind of get you locked into a cycle where you have to keep using more and then more dangerous ones. And then, you know, because you don't have any of that natural disease of uh, fighting mm -hmm. ability in the soil anymore. So we can actually save quite a bit of money over time and immediately even come in at the same costs. I know wow. that, that can be kind of surprising, but it's, it's the kind of good surprise we like to deliver oh, yeah. to municipalities who are thinking about transitioning. Right, and 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 I. One of the reasons I love having you on the show is because I really do appreciate your work and the passion that you've put on this effort to 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 make this transition. I mean, one of the facts that eighty percent of the parks in Canada That's they have amazing. a no drug policy. Gosh, we need <laughs> you know, that. We need no drug policies. I mean, yeah, you know, on yeah, our parks, at least, yeah. at least not for our so yeah. soil. Um, let's talk again about what's happening on Monday. Yeah, Monday, uh, November eleventh. The film we're having a film screening of Ground War, the documentary, um, which is a documentary told from a very personal perspective about pesticides and their link to cancer. Uh, so we're de debuting the film Monday the 11th. Um, before the film, we're having organic beer at the Riverview Theater, where the film is going to be held. Uh, the organic beer starts at 6:30, and then after the film, we're going to be joined by the filmmaker Andrew Nisker. Uh, on a Q&A panel with, along with Jay Feldman, director of Beyond Pesticides, uh, Chip Osborne, who is the president of Osborne Organics and one of the world's leading organic experts on turf management. And then I'll be there too. And um, I wanted to say, you know, we've been talking about how uh, all of these pesticides, they create so much trouble and damage in the world. And I just, you know, sometimes it's good to have a little bit of a bright spot too. And so I want to say that Be Safe Minneapolis, this is an advocacy organization that um, myself and, and some friends founded uh, a few years ago. On our YouTube page, we have mm. the most beautiful bee and butterfly videos and everybody should go check those out at be safe minneapolis youtube you can see hummingbird moths and bees and monarch butterflies all of it and be safe it's both be safe and be safe exactly. be safe so thank you so much russ henry president of minnehaha falls landscaping founder of be safe minnesota minneapolis keep on to do that minnesota i think i'm I think i'm well we're trying to expand we're trying. <laughs> <laughs> it's time and thanks so much for uh, jay feldman for director of beyond pesticides and uh for Andrew the producer Nisker. thank you yes, and thank you for listening